the church in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood I come before you Lord recognizing that you are supreme in authority your power is great in the heavens and the earth and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men father I boldly approach your throne yet again this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride the church your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God so let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us, and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. 
We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears. And through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God, and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched, and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine, and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit, and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God, and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth, and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived, let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. 
In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, obedience is better than sacrifice, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might, that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 So we want to welcome you and thank you for coming back to join us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time Bible study. You know, Monday we talked about revival. And we're going to talk about revival again. again. Revival, which is our great need. And so all month, it's going to be about revival and the things that we, as God's children, need to do. Well, if we were in the time that it is we need really it. needed, we're in the end times and revival is needed. Yes, it is. That's the most baddest thing that's needed now. Yes. It's Revival. Revival. We're going to start in uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will eat with him and he with me. I mean, he's standing there at your heart. Knocking, knocking at the door. Knocking. Your heart. If you will let him in, he will come in and sup with you. Right. He's knocking. He's there. Knocking at your heart. Open it. Let him in. It's after hmm. a while, won't be no more, it won't be no more knocks. It'll be done. Right. It will be over. It will be a time when you won't feel any knocking. Mm. Amen. You know, Laodicean 
is the last church in Revelations, chain of seven churches. The name Laodicea means a people judged. It is also a perfect symbol for God's last day people. Laodicea was located in an open valley in southwestern Turkey. It was an important banking system, a banking city. It was also a center for education and medicine. Its people were independent, proud, and they were rich. Oh, man. But what this city lacked was water. The water was piped from a spring five miles south of the city. So when the water reached Laodicea, it was lukewarm. So that's why Jesus uses that symbol to show the lukewarm spiritual condition of his last day church. Yes. He said, I will speak you out of my mouth. That's right. I would rather have you cold, hot, but not lukewarm. I speak out of my mouth. You that's know, us. and that's true. That's us. Because he's saying his people are proud, lazy, and uncaring. It is the church that has lost its desire to serve God. It is a church that needs a spiritual revival, a reawakening. Amen. Amen. And that's where we're at today. That's why revival is so important today. We need it. Because we're asleep. We need to be awakened. And we probably want to do that for the last church. Because we're not doing God's work. We sleep. We rich. Mm-hmm. We don't realize we're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. We are in need of a Savior. We are in need of revival. Yes, we are. We are. Because we're... We're not the light in a dark world anymore. We're becoming dark like the world. Amen. You also got to remember the Laodicean message is also filled with hope. So Christ speaks to his people in love. He offers to meet their heart needs and reawaken their deepest spiritual desires. So we're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Okay. Okay, second. 2 Corinthians. Second, right here, second. Chapter 5. Seventeen. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, and behold, the fresh and new has come. That's right. The fresh and new. That means... The old you should not be still there. That's right. Now, we're not saying that all we, we things don't have should to stumble. Yeah. be, all things will be disappeared at once. You will be perfect. Mm-mm. But some things must 
disappeared. Yes. You should have the love of Christ in you. That you should have. You should Amen. have that. You should be able to show the love of Christ. That's number one. Because Christ said, I am love. If you don't have love, then you can't be a Christ. You must show love. The number one thing that must be the one thing you show is the love of Christ. Exactly. You know, Jesus speaks to each of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And in each case, he used a different name for himself. Each name shows their spiritual condition. The title, which is the name he used in his message to the church of Laodicea, shows spiritual renewal for all those who will listen to his call. So we're going to look at uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. 3, 14. Mm -hmm. Okay. And to the angel of the assembly church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, the trusty and faithful and true witness, the origin and beginning and author of God's creation. Mm. In verse 15, I know your works and what you are doing. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold, cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Hmm. That means well, he's just letting you know you need just, to get it together. You you need to get it together if you call yourself in a God's church. Now he's not talking about that building. He's not gonna put that building in his mouth. He's talking about you as a church. You as a church. As a church. As a person. As a as person. an individual. Yeah. As an individual. You're not hot. You're not cold. You can't be in between, in the middle. There is no middle. There is no fence to straddle. You either got it or you don't. That's right. We also want to read Second Corinthians chapter one and verse twenty. Okay, so you either got it or you you do not have it. You can't straddle this fence. You gotta you gotta either ride the horse. You can't, you can't have way riding. Or oh, it'll throw you off. Or oh, it'll throw you off. Second, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All right, 20. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes in him. For these reasons, we also utter the amen, so be it to God through him in his person and by his agency to the glory of God. And so we're going to look also in John chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. John chapter 3, 10 and 11. Okay, John. Jesus, yeah, John chapter 3, okay. Verse 10 and 11. All right, 10 and 11, okay. Jesus replied, Are you the teacher of Israel, yet do not know nor understand these things? Are they strange to you? I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, we speak only of what we know. We know absolutely what we are talking about 
we have actually seen what we are testifying to. We were eyewitnesses of it. And still, you do not receive our testimony. You reject and refuse our evidence, that of myself and of all those who are born of the Spirit. You know, we read in Revelation chapter 3, 14, the Greek word for beginning is arch, A-R-C-H-E, arch. Arch. <laughs> it can mean beginning, especially the beginner of an event or an action. Here, arch means Jesus as the beginner or the first cause of all creation. In other words, he is who? The creator. Creator. He is the beginning. He is the beginning. He is the end, Alpha and Omega. There's nothing in between. That's right. He is all. Our all in all. Let's look at that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Right there. Oh no. Oh no. Ephesians. Chapter, chapter three, 3, verse 8 and 9. 8 and 9. All right. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, God consecrated people. This grace, favor, privileges was granted and graciously entrusted. To proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, faith, phantomless, and exhaustless riches of Christ's wealth, which no human being could have searched out. Also, to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Amen. So this, this is very important. Jesus is the one who spoke and worlds came to life, like we talked about yeah, Monday. He spoke it into existence. Yes, he, did. he spoke it all into existence. So that's why he is the beginning and, and he's the end. end. So he is the one who created the earth, the one who spoke life into existence. So the all powerful creator can create new life. New life. The only one that can create new, new life. life. He can recreate new spiritual desires in our hearts. Amen. And Amen. He can change our spiritual lives. So this is the same Jesus who speaks hope to the Laodicean church. Amen. 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 I tell you, one of Jesus, I tell you. God is good God all is. the time. All the time He's good. So, you can also look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Okay, we read 15. We're going to go ahead and read 16 as well. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. We read 17. 
For you say, I am rich, I have prospered and grown wealthy, I am in need of nothing. Mm. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Naked. Wow. I have a need of a lot of things. He's saying we know. don't have no need of nothing, but Christ is telling us what we are. Well, see, because we, ha we have so much of materialistic things. That we feel like we don't have no need of Yeah, we feel we don't have a need of nothing, but they, that is nothing in God's eyes. That, that is worthless in God's eyes. Those are the things he's telling you you need to let go of. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. telling you, you need to let go of those worldly things and pick up the spiritual things which you have none of. Exactly, because the message to the layers of the sin church speaks of those whose religious experience is half-hearted. They do not give strong witness in favor of the truth. Well, this is an interesting report because a lukewarm religious experience has no life. No life. Dead. It's dead. 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 It has the outer shell of Christianity but does not have meat inside. In other words, it looks good on the outside, but, but does not have the living power. It's dead it's on the dead. inside. It can't make it's no nothing. good. Uh, yeah, it can't make anything move. It can't make anything get up and move. It's, it, it brings no life to the, the soul. It, it doesn't make the soul get up and confess its sin. Repentance and yeah, all it doesn't, that. It doesn't do anything. And the people of the Laodicean are not false or crazy believers. They're just uncaring about spiritual things. That's right, dude. They don't care anything about those things. And those are the things that are very important to our Heavenly Father. The mm -hmm. things that we can't produce for Him because we, what? Dead. We are dead, you know. And that is true. The, the Laodiceans appear to be living holy lives. But let's look at Second Timothy Chapter 3 and verse 5. Okay. Alright. Second Timothy. Okay, right. Second Timothy. Chapter 3. Verse 5. Mm-hmm. For although they hold a form of piety, um, which is true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Yeah. Their conduct, their genuineness of their profession, avoid all such people, turn away from them. Wow. Yeah, turn away from them. So, but they, this is what Paul, Paul says, they will act as if they were serving God, but what they do will show that they have turned their backs on God's power. So you got to turn away from them kind of people. No, it's just saying they are turned away. They turn away. They have yeah. turned their backs on God, but yeah. they they act like they serve them. You see, you see that yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we do see a lot. See that a lot. And so Jesus talked about religious people in his day who honor me by what they say with their lips. Mm -hmm. Let's look at that in Matthew chapter 15 okay, and verse 8. Okay, all right. Okay. I... 
Matthew 13. No, Matthew 15, verse 15, 8. Verse 8, okay. These people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold off and are far away from me. me. That's right. Yes. Lips say a lot. But wow. The thing is, God know your heart. No, no matter what we try to do. Right. You can say whatever you want to with your mouth. But God know one thing that your heart is not in what your lips say. Mm -hmm. They don't match. They don't mm -hmm. walk together. They don't, as the, we used to say in the old, in the young days, mm -hmm. they don't jive <laughs> together. Yeah, God know that. He knows They're that. not working on one accord. Well, yeah, they're not <laughs> together, you know, and God knows that. He knows it. He knows that. Yes, you know, we're going to go in also Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7 through 11. Hebrews chapter 12. 7. Hebrews. Oh, Hebrews. I'm going to I'm sorry. Okay. Hebrews. Right there. Hebrews chapter 12, 12 verse, seven. verse 7. All right. All right. We're going to read down to 11. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For well, what son exactly? Right. There whom his father does not train and correct and discipline. Now, so so if you don't deal with your son in a proper way, God mm -hmm. will. Right? Well, what he's saying is he's telling us that as we have our children and we deal with our kids and we give them correction and we train them, that's what Christ is doing to us because yeah, we are okay. his sons and daughters. Yeah, okay, there you go. So now if you are exempt, we're in verse 8. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offsprings and not true sons at all. Mm. Mm. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? Mm. For our earthly fathers discipline us for only a short period of time and chastise us as seem proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our certain good that we may become shares in his own holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. Mm. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest fruit, which consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose. Thought an action resulting in right living and right standing with God. 
So instead of asking, mm. instead of saying, God, why is this happening to mm. me? What did he just say? You should say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? Show me in this trial. In this trial. What are you trying to build in me? Are you trying, what kind of character are you trying mm. to build? Mm. Uh, what are you trying to make me stronger? Or are you trying to make me more obedient? Or are you trying to make me more humble? Peaceable fruit of righteousness. Amen. You know, instead of saying, why is this happening? See, God is trying to make something good there. And you know what? What, what we need to understand, as we are going through the trial, we need to ask God, give us grace to endure the trial. That's right. It's not easy. I, I know I've been chastised and the trial was painful. Yes. But during that time, Lord, give me grace to endure. And what does it do? It brings peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And a harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness in conformity to God's will and purpose, thought, and action resulting in right living and right standing with God. Amen. That means a whole lot. At that moment that you're going through, no. But also that brings you closer to Christ during the time you're going through yes. the trial. Yes, and that's that's why you should say, thank you, Jesus. Because thank of that trial, that I trial. have more faith. Yes. I am much stronger in loving my brother, my sister. Right. I have some self-control. These are fruits of the Spirit. I, I have learned to pray Lord. for my enemies. Lord, I've learned to forgive my enemy. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You see, thank you, Jesus. See, instead of complaining, take the gift that God is trying to give you. Amen. Thank him for the gift that he's trying to pour into you. That's we right. complain so much, we don't know when God is trying to do a good thing for us. Exactly. That's why we have to ask for grace to endure it. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 94 and verse 12. Okay. Psalm 94. Mm -hmm. And verse 12. 94 and verse 12. All right. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be in envy is the man whom you Discipline and instruct, O oh Lord, and teach out of your law. I'm going to read 13 too. Mm -hmm. That you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity until the pit of corruption is dug for the wicked. That's right. Wow. That means give him a Give to him give, rest. To give him power to keep himself calm in the day of adversity. That's right. Wow. That, wow. That, God is just, he's good to us. He's but sometimes good. we don't comprehend, and it is painful. And sometimes you want to go, Lord, how long? Yes, how long? 
Well, let's he's look good. at Proverbs. That's right. But he's good. Proverbs 29. Yes, he is good. Proverbs. Verse 29. 29. And we're going to do 15. 15. Okay. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left undisciplined brings his mother to shame. Amen. But now, the, law, the rule of the land said, oh, that's abuse. They said, that's, see, the devil said, that's abuse. He have made the land teach against that. That's why we got so much of these undisciplined children. Yes. And they bring family, their mother to shame, and the Bible says it. Yes. The land teaches against that. That's why we got kids killing kids, killing their parents. Stealing, murdering, everything. Because we, the world says you can't do this anymore. That's abuse. Hmm. <laughs> Let's look at 17 on that note. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Amen. Yes, he will give delight to your heart. Amen. Amen. I Amen. agree with that. I agree with 100%. that. One hundred percent. Yes. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. That's right. Yes, he will give delight to your heart. That's right. The word says that. And before we go on, we're gonna take a break and play a song. But we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ. But we're gonna come back and talk more about revival, which is our great need. Right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study. Yeah. 
Central among joy. There is no other that is central in your joy. That brings you contentment I'm because of Jesus. You, I have contentment. That is the amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Look for joy in nothing and no one else but Jesus. But Jesus. You won't find it nowhere else. It amen. There is nowhere else to be found. That's right. Nowhere else. Amen. If you just joined us, you are listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Studies. And we're talking about revival, our great need. We are in the last days. We are the last church, and we are dead. And we're period. Dead. <laughs> and we're dead, dead. And we dead. need to be revived again. Mm. So, yeah. you know, the Lord loves his people too much to let them be destroyed. He will do whatever it takes to restart a spiritual flame in our hearts. Jesus gives a strong rebuke because his love is so strong. Amen. And that. Amen. 
His punishment given only because of his desire to heal us. You know, the prophet in Hosea shares this feeling when he calls his people to what? Repent. Read. We're going to go to Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1. Repent, yeah. Hosea chapter 6. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn so that he may heal us. He has stricken so that he may bind us up. Amen. Amen. So he will banish our wounds. He will heal us. That's why so many things are happening to wake us up. Storms and hurricanes and earthquakes and all this shooting all over the world. It is to wake us up from our sleep. He said it will be a shaking. He so this is a shaking it will time. Be a shaking time. And if we ain't being shook, I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you call it, but I'm feeling the shaking. I'm feeling the shaking. Amen. Yes. You know, um, we're going to go back to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17 and read that one more time. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17 says, For you said, I am rich, I have prospered, and grown wealthy. I am in need of nothing, and you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Well, you know, there is a difference between what Laodicean says and what Laodicean does. <laughs> so there is an even greater difference between the spiritual experience that Laodicean thinks she has and the experience that she really does have. That's right. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> She's dead. Yes, she is. So one of Satan's most dangerous tricks is to blind us to our true spiritual need. Right. That's what he's trying to do. If he can do that, he's got us. That's he's it. got us right where he wants us so to be. So he wants you to have those blinders on. Right. Some of the religion, go ahead. He wants to throw all the worldly goods to you. Mm -hmm. So you can feel just like this, man, I got it going on. I, I got, got the riches. Oh, I'm prospering. Oh, I don't yes. need nothing. Oh, God is good. He gave me a new house, a new car, a fine job. Man, I haven't needed nothing. I am blessed. No, think about it. Are and you blessed? Exactly. Think about this. You know, even back then, some of the religious leaders of Jesus, they were blind to their own spiritual condition. That's right. And these people were Bible reading, Sabbath keeping, tithe paying church members looking for the coming of the Messiah. But many did not know about the kind of spiritual kingdom that he would bring with him. Jesus called them blind guides. <laughs> Matthew 23, verse 24. We're going to go okay. and read that. All right, Matthew. Okay, 21. Matthew chapter 23, and 20, verse 24. All right, 23, 24. You blind guides, filter out a net, filtering out a net 
in gulping down a camel. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let's look at Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 in the Old Testament. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Oh, Micah boy. chapter 6. Micah 6. And verse 8. Mm-hmm. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, and to love kindness and mercy, and to humble yourself and walk humbly with your God. Mm. That's what he's saying to you. But see, we are blind, blind guys, but we think we know. We think we got it going on. We think we got it. We got this big old job, making this big old money, living in this big old house, driving this big old car, wearing these fine clothes. Man, I've been blessed. God is good to me. No, not not according to this. Not according to what he just said. If you don't have Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the love of God, you is poor, naked. Miserable, poor, blind, you are wretched people. Yes, just, sir. We messed up, and we don't even we know. We messed it. up. And you think you got it going on because you got all of this. No, because you missing heaven. Just like he told the rich man. Mm-hmm. The rich man said, I have done all that you have asked of me. Exactly. What must I do to enter the kingdom? Mm-hmm. He said, Give all your richness to the poor. The rich and man. Don't follow me. The rich man looked at Jesus. I can't give that up. I walked away. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. He walked away from Jesus. He said, no, ain't no way. So that shows you how important all your land goods is to God. If you've got your heart set up in all these things of this world, <laughs> you need to look again. You are a blind guide. You're a blind guide. So, Paul also writes to the church at Corinth. So, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 4. Yes. 2 Corinthians. Right there. 4 4. 4 4. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' mind that they shall not discern the truth. Preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image and likeness of God. Because if you remember what the Lord said, why gain the world? And lose your soul. This and is why Jesus your, said he came, so that, that the blind what, will see. Right. So he's telling you right there, why gain all these things of the world? And lose your, your soul. soul. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We're going to Luke 4 and verse 18. Okay, Luke. Let me get Brother Luke here. All right. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Verse 18. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, which is the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed 
for downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. That's us. That's us. He ain't said nothing about deliver the rich man. He said the one that had nothing. Well, the rich man may have his money, but he's still downtrodden, bruised, crushed, <laughs> and broken down, too. He just don't know it. He just don't know it. <laughs> so, in other words, Jesus said he will restore or make new the spiritual eyesight that we have lost if we let him do it. Amen. Amen to that. So every time Jesus opened blind eyes in the New Testament, he is showing his desire to open the eyes of our minds in order to help us to know him clearly. Amen. So give up these things of the world and pick up the richness of heaven and you'll make it in. You'll make it in. You'll make it in. Get the richness that God has for you, and that's the Holy Spirit, the love of God. And I tell you, you can't lose. You can't lose. Can't lose. You know, and uh, God has a cure. You know, we can go to Revelation 3, 18 and 19. 3, 18. Revelation chapter 3, verse yeah. 18 and 19. And here is God's cure. Revelation chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Okay, 18 and 19. Therefore, I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire that you may be truly wealthy and white clothes to clothe you and keep the shame of your nudity from being seen and salve to put on your eyes that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. Amen. I discipline and I instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. I didn't see no M-O-N-E-Y in there. Nope. I did not see no M E. You gotta be refined in the fire. Yes. I didn't see no big house. So you can be clothed with righteousness. I didn't see no big automobile. And then he can put that eyesight on your eyes that you may see. <laughs> so you gotta give up the earthly richness and get the heaven richness. That's right. That's it's, how you make it. It's that's how you hope get for that. us yet, ain't it? Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you hope, go. There's hope, praise God. There's hope sisters. for lay of the sin. Oh, brothers and sisters, you got to give these things up here and get the ones that God has for you. You got to know what to ask for in order to get to the kingdom, in order to make it there. You got to let man you know that's what the... Uh, that's what uh, the man asked Jesus. Mm -hmm. To Jesus, what do we do with this quarter with the king's face on him? Render to Caesar was Caesar's, and to God was God's. Amen. Now, get, check that out. You got to render to the world what's the world. And, and what's God is God. And to what's God is God. So, therefore, there's also is hope for everyone who is spiritually lazy. All right. Our Lord has medicine for this problem. 
the fact that the Lord speaks to this church shows that there is hope for the church if his people accept and follow his advice. Amen. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. Okay. 2 Chronicles. Okay. Right? Yeah. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Seven fourteen. Okay. If my people oh, who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear I from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. Repentance is what he is talking about. That's right. It's, it has nothing to do with this world. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. We got to realize that God said, God, what did God tell us? I am not of the world, neither the things of the world. For the world hates me, Absolutely. and it will hate you too. Amen. So you can believe God's richness has nothing to do with this world. Amen. So when you praise the world things, you're not praising anything that God has for you. Exactly. So we need to think about Jesus' advice and what we read also in 3... Revelation chapter 3 and verse 18 and 19. What does Jesus mean when he talks about gold made pure by fire and about being clothed in white clothes and our eyes being treated with healing lotion, medicine? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 Peter. That's my man, old Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. So that the genuineness of your faith may be tested, your faith which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound, redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So it's the testing of your faith. It's the testing of your faith. Testing Amen. of your faith. Testing of your faith. So let's look at Zechariah chapter 3 in the Old okay. Testament. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1 through 5. Zechariah chapter 3. Chapter three, 3 and 1 through 5. 1 through 5, okay. 3, okay. hold on. Zechariah chapter 3. Hey, I missed that one. I better get that right. I hit the wrong one. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Then the guiding angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and to accuse him and the Lord said to Satan the Lord rebuke you O Satan even the Lord who now and habitually chose chooses Jerusalem 
rebuke you. Is not this returned captive Joshua a brand plucked out of the fire? Mm. Now Joshua was, was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. And he spoke to those who still behold before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, Behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. And Zechariah said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with rich garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Amen. So he was clothed with Christ's righteousness, but the devil came to stand to accuse him. So he's the accuser of the brethren. Yes, he is. He's always been accused of the brethren. Exactly. He's always been. He yeah. do that. He got, he does that every moment, every second, every hour he can oh, get stand before Jesus Christ and accuse of a, a, a of us. Mm -hmm. He's always been there. Yeah. So we're going to look at one more. The Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Okay. Ephesians. Ephesians okay. chapter 4 and verse 30. Chapter 4 and verse and 30. 30. Okay. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own secure for the day of redemption of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. So Jesus is going from door to door. He also stands in front of every soul temple saying, I stand at the door and knock. And as a heavenly salesman, Jesus opened his treasures and cried, Buy from me gold made pure by the fire, that you will come ri become rich. Buy from me white clothes to wear, then you will be able to cover your shameful nakedness. The gold Jesus offered is pure. It is more valuable than the gold of Ophir, because it is faith and love. Faith and love. And the white robe he invites the soul to wear is his own robe of righteousness, which is a holy life. A holy life. And the oil for using as the eye medicine is the oil of his grace. This will give spiritual eyesight to the soul in blindness and darkness. This may help, help the person to tell the difference between the working of the spirit of God and the spirit of the enemy. All right. So Amen. open your doors. Say, Jesus, who has spiritual riches to share with others, and do your business with me. It is I, your Savior, who advises you to buy these things. Amen. So the Lord is saying, buy these things. Right. And, and, and you buy those things by studying his word, building a, a personal like relationship saying, with his him. His righteousness, right. his Holy Spirit. Uh, we have to be trying to fight adversity. That's why it comes. That's right. By, and, by building that close relationship and, and, and allowing him to <clears throat> um, 
they put you through the fire and saying, Jesus, thank you for for teaching me this. Thank you, Father, for standing by me as I went through the fire. Thank you know, building that relationship with Jesus, understanding why he allowed these things to happen to you and thanking him for allowing this to happen to you, for uh, putting you through the fire, uh, building uh, more love, building more... uh, 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 Yeah. All the fruits of the Spirit. We need those. We need those. We need to, to live holy. And God blesses us for the effort that we do. If we make an effort, God will meet us halfway. Amen. But we have to make the steps. So we just want to thank you for joining us tonight on LPJ 64. We always love the word, enjoy the word, and may you learn at this point as you continue to study that God will revive us again because that is our great need in these last days. Amen. So we got a song to play and we're going to come back with closing comments, email address, so keep and prayer. So keep it locked in on LPJ sixty four.
Kirk. Kirk Card, trust in God again. And if you haven't never trusted in God, now is time to start to trust in Him again. I don't know how you were ever on this earth and didn't trust in Him. I don't either. I'm telling you. But some people have, they don't even know Him. So now is time. He's at the door knocking at the door of your heart. Yes. So we thank you for joining us on LPJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing End Time Bible Study. And our closing comment tonight is a revival and a reformation must take place 
under the Holy Spirit's leading. Revival and Reformation are two different things. Revival shows a renewal of a spiritual life. It is a reawakening of the powers of mind and heart. It also is a resurrection, return to life from the spiritual death. Reformation shows a reorganization or a change in ideals and theories and habits and practices. Reformation will not bring forth the good fruit of righteousness if it is not connected with the Holy Spirit's leading. Amen. 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 So remember that both of those work together. So now we have prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Have a wonderful and blessed week. And remember, we come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And this month, we're going to keep our eyes focused on revival. Revival is what we need in this day and time in the last day church. So if you have Bible questions or you need prayer, you can email us at robtgina 50 at gmail.com. Have a wonderful and blessed week. Be blessed. Good night and be blessed. <laughs>